Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR, talent, and leadership communities to you. For more episodes and the latest articles covering what's new in the world of work, visit hrgazette.com, subscribe and follow us on social media. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and in this HR Chat episode, we're going to focus on data-driven recruiting. Listen as we talk about programmatic job ads, how stack creep is a product of HR analytics and process automation, and why many talent acquisition professionals still struggle to establish a common data set and fluid data sharing. My guest today is Doug Shonrock, Business Unit Director over at Jovio, a platform helping businesses to buy, manage, and track recruitment media to attract and hire the most relevant applicants on time and within budget. Doug has spent the better part of four decades in the recruitment marketing space, talent acquisition, and employer branding arena. He has dedicated his entire career to understanding how companies recruit for talent, how talent searches for companies, and the reasons it can be so difficult. Over the past 20 years, Doug has focused on the technology side of the talent acquisition process, working with and listening to clients and the problems they experience roaming the aisles of the HR technology conference, understanding the ever-growing number of HRIS solutions being offered, and watching how these problems and solutions have evolved and become even more complex. Doug, welcome to the HR Chat Show today. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. So beyond my wee introduction there, Doug, why don't you start by taking a minute or two and telling our listeners all about yourself and a little bit about Jovio. I'd love to. I've been in this business longer than I care to admit to just about anybody, uh, better than three decades. And it has all been in the talent acquisition market space. And I have seen this arena and and the the environment just change exponentially over the last 30 years. Um, As I say to a lot of people, I remember when the only thing that would get in the way of you getting a job was an envelope and a stamp because you didn't have something to put your resume in. But it has just grown from there to become a digital talk. I mean, it is the definition of digital transformation. I think, and as part of that, Jovio has entered the market. And um, what excites me about Jovio is that it's a very mission-driven company. Um, The actual name comes from the saying, a job for everyone. And, you know, there are four and a half billion uh, job seekers Uh, in the workforce uh, globally. And I think when you look at it, having scalable global um, platforms that you can put into your HR talent acquisition tech stack is critical. And Jovio is one of those being, you know, a leader in the programmatic job advertising platform area. Okay, wonderful. Thank you very much, Doug. So tell me now, which industries and markets have seen the maximum adoption for programmatic job ads? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I don't think there's an industry or a company out there that has a corner on the market when it comes to budget savings or efficiency. I, I, can't, ima- I can't remember the last time <clears throat> a client said to me, oh, don't worry about budget and cost. We have all the money in the world. So it, programmatic job ads and programmatic uh, advertising is really built for everyone. But to your specific question, it's probably the most well accepted by the large scale, large hire, hiring volume clients. 
um, those companies that might have at any given time on their career site 2,500 plus requisitions and, you know, 20, 25 recruiters that have got more than they can even imagine to do in a given day. So by using your programmatic advertising platforms, you can automate a lot of that, that task work so that as requisitions are built, they get ingested into a system. They are um, automatically put out to the best channels that are for that particular job category or that particular job title. And then, of course, when you start to use that, um, especially if you know requisitions, requisitions are really legal documents more than anything. You must have, we require, you will, those kinds of things. So they're not really built for, you know, branding. So by having a programmatic platform that can expand the job title or make it more user friendly or update the actual requisition to be a little bit more about what the company, the job, and the, even the department they're working in is about adds a lot more engagement to the actual client and it increases then your ability to to draw qualified applications now maybe you could tell me how does programmatic job advertising doug solve the the problem of the quality of of applicants if someone is unqualified for a job and they apply there's really nothing a programmatic platform can do to um keep that from happening but what it can do as i mentioned uh previously um is that many companies have just tragic job titles and requisitions that are 40 and 50 bullets long and they become impossible for a candidate to actually look at and read through and comprehend so they kind of make a decision that okay i'm not going to read all this so i'm just going to apply for this job by being able to uh, manage and brand some of the requisitions, and this is, I think is especially true for the Gen Z and millennial audience that's out there, 140 million uh, job seekers and in the workforce in North America, is they are much more concerned about your corporate responsibility, about your DE&I information, about what the department that they are going to be working in what is the culture at the company at the organization at the department level and when you're able to add some of that i think if a candidate doesn't see what they want they self-select out so to your point the people that do actually apply have read through what your culture is they believe that they see that culture in them and then they apply which means you're probably getting a better quality of applicant down the line. What is the most dramatic way, Doug, that the data has changed the way that recruitment happens? There's no question. I mean, if you look at it in baseball terms, I mean, back in the day, if you had a batting average of 300, you made it to the Hall of Fame. In sabermetrics, there are 50 or 60 different data points, you know, that uh, you'll that any uh, Major League Baseball club will look at. I think the same is true for the talent acquisition. There is so much more data. Back in the day, it was, you know, number of requisitions per recruiter, time to fill, um, average, you know, cost per hire. Now we are getting into, as uh, the technology has advanced, you know, it's cost per click, um, uh, percent of clicks and call to actions on a specific button. 
There are A-B testing. You can have two different requisitions for similar jobs and see which job requisition is actually um, engaging the candidate more so you can track applicants down at that level. There's a lot more track to hire data that's going on. Um, and I think the future of that, um, you know, is going to expand. We're going to get into engagement metrics. We're going to get into um, content engagement metrics. So I think it, it really is the number of data points that talent acquisition has access to now has exponentially increased, which of course then creates its own problem is drip data rich but information poor what does all of this mean so you know obviously you need to be have have to have bi tools that can help you come out with actionable items and i think that's part of what some of these the programmatic platforms can do is they're able to manipulate um just massive amounts of data into actionable um steps forward on how to save money how to increase applicants, how to get quality of applicants, and how to, at a certain point internally, increase recruiter productivity. I came across a recent uh, blog post that you'd written, uh, a very good post that you'd written, sir. So I wanted to make sure that I included a question related to that in today's conversation. The, um, the post, which was pu published on the Jovio blog, was called New Power for TA Point Solutions, a battery-charged platform. Uh, and uh, and listeners, I, I won't spoil it for you, but there are lots of uh, battery-related references within the post. Um, and in it, you offer four things that HR and TA pros should consider when thinking about their talent acquisition process and the tools and the technology that they use to, to get and to charge uh, the battery needed for a high-powered TA operation. Can you now take a few minutes, Doug, and and share those those four factors that and the, you know, those tips that you have around them? To kind of give some some background is it, it all started. I mean, I have a leaf blower and a lawnmower and a hedge trimmer, you know, and they all use the same battery power. So if I have two batteries, one is charging, one's in the actual implement, and then when it runs out, I change batteries, charge one, and put it in the other. And it got me thinking: is that the HRAS and the talent acquisition tech stack? That's one of the issues that um, really gets in the way of having a seamless talent acquisition and sourcing funnel. And the four factors that we talked about is, you know, um, do the solutions that you have in all that, whether it be your CRM or, I mean, is your CRM connected to your ATS? Do you have a chat bot? Do you have a content engagement platform? Do you have a video? Um, component in your talent acquisition process. So the question is, do they all run off the same battery, so to speak? Do they connect seamlessly? Does it allow for upstream and downstream data flow? And that, that's important because I think a lot of talent acquisition processes are very linear. And as with anything, candidates can fall in and out of different statuses. They may be at, uh, applicant on one day, they may get put into a requisition to be considered for hire, and they may be interviewed, and then they may not get the job. Maybe there was someone with better qualifications, so that person, that candidate is then moved back into the applicant status to be reviewed again for some other requisition. So 
that's not a linear process. And your, you know, the solutions you have need to connect seamlessly to allow data to flow up and downstream. The second thing was, you know, um, if you're, if they don't use the same battery, so to speak, to stick on that um, analogy, then any change you make upstream or downstream can have a massive impact on your ability to then get that data to flow or to, if you want to bring in a new tool, it could take a lot of integration and um, technology solution time just to bring it into the stack. So that's good to have if they're all using the same battery, you don't have that problem. And then the third thing was, you know, if you are looking at an end-to-end -end uh, solution and you have currently a point-to-point -point solution, is not all, those points don't all have the same infrastructure, they don't use the same data schema, and that can all start to get your data into silos. So you have a silo of candidates in your ATS, a silo of candidates in your talent community, a silo of candidates perhaps if you've got um, a CRM that you're involved in, and then even those can get segmented down, so you have to be careful that the point-to-point -point solutions interact well. And then the fourth thing is um, the full line of sight. So if you have that siloed data and you have a lot of information in various solutions, having a BI solution or a, a dashboard at the end that gives you a full line of sight is very difficult. So by being able to have that battery that powers the entire process from job seeker to interested candidate to applicant to in the process to hire so that you have that full line of sight that those are the things that you really need to be aware of when you're looking to either purchase a um, end-to-end solution or you're looking to add or uh, change out pieces within your tech stack Okay, wonderful. Now, Doug, we are recording this interview in mid-July 2022, and um, there's starting to be a bit of talk eh, about a potential recession coming. I mean, some some economies look better to handle it and, and more robust and, and may escape the worst of it than others. The, the US is looking more healthy than, than say, uh, the UK, for example. Um, nevertheless, you know, there is <laughs> there, there are these dark clouds on, on the horizon. Um, what, what, what could a possible global recession, Doug, mean for, for recruitment rates? And maybe as part of that answer, you, you can suggest, you know, if, if, if a recession does hit, how, how will the ecosystem, that's, you know, job sites, tech providers, agencies, and so on, how will they need to adapt to that shift? That is, that's a great question. And, you know, hopefully, it, since I'm in the U.S., hopefully the U.S. will be able to weather the brunt of any, any really big um, recession. But I, I think at this point, we're still working with a 3.4% unemployment rate. Um, there was a recent article, I'll, I'll kind of go a, a little bit astray with, it, with this response, but there was a recent article that Amazon is concerned that I think it was by 2024, they will have absorbed the entire available um, workforce that's out there because their growth plans are so um, massive. So, I mean, even they're going, it's like, well, we, in the, in the North America, we may not even have a big enough workforce and we're gonna just absorb them all. So I think with that, while there are economic recessions looming, the, um, 
marketplace, the employment marketplace has remained strong. The unemployment rate has stayed low. Um, there are still, while we have replaced a lot of jobs from uh, the pandemic, there are still some growth and um, availabilities for job seekers probably over the next six to 12 months for sure. But that being said, then there's always gonna be a need. So in the actual tech marketplace, you might, if there is a huge recession, you might see some um, mergers and consolidation because the actual dollars being spent, that whole pie has shrunk a little bit. So there may be, you may see mergers and, um, and uh, acquisitions. But I think for some of the major players, um, there's always going to be a need for skill sets. Uh, nursing is, is probably the best example. It is, it, they've determined that over the next 10 years, we will run out of nurses, that the, the nursing schools are not uh, putting out enough graduates to be able to take care of the people that we need healthcare for. So if you look at nursing, and actually for that matter, most healthcare occupations, therapists, psychologists, nurses, uh, physicians in rural marketplaces, because they're having difficulty getting physicians. The Amazon example, I, I think the employment marketplace is probably in a pretty good position to weather an economic recession. Um, and if there is anything big, it would probably be just more in some consolidations in, in the provider arena. Okay, thank you. That's a very thorough answer. I appreciate it. Um, okay, so as part of uh, this process, uh, getting getting to this point today, I invited your team to to su suggest any topics that they they'd be keen for you to touch upon as part of our chats. And um, well, there's a pretty big question thrown at me uh, <laughs> as as a potential uh, uh, talking point. So as we look to wrap up, before I do ask you how we can learn more about you and about Jovio. Uh, I've got this big question for you um, and it is as follows. Doug, what, what is next? What, what is the next horizon for data-driven recruiting? Oh, oh, not, do we have about another hour? Um, <laughs> to, to, to bring it down, the next horizon is, I think, falls into two very critical um, words, content and engagement. Um, as of now, companies don't have a problem building requisitions, distributing requisitions, having hundreds of uh, applicants, getting hundreds of applicants, applications for each of their requisitions. Most of the clients that I talk to and I research will not say that getting applications is a critical problem. In fact, many of them will say they get too many applications, which you and I touched on earlier. You know, they want more qualified applications. But I think the next big horizon is that as we look at the Gen Zers and the millennials and they come into the marketplace, they are not going to put up with the talent acquisition process. Whereas, and I'll use my son as an example, if I can. Um, he got out of college, he was a pandemic graduate, 2020, and he got out with a degree in chemistry and, you know, we're working together to help him find a job. We're on various, you know, job boards and um, requisition area companies 
and he's sending in applications. He found a company. It was a, uh, a manufacturing company that had a need for um, chemistry grads throughout various um, manufacturing facilities they had nationwide. And there were probably two dozen of them. He had picked out eight markets that he was really interested in. And he sent in an application. And he signed up for their talent community. He did not hear back once on any of his eight applications, but he kept getting emails going, hey, here's another job we think you might be interested in. And as a millennial and a Gen Zer who has grown up on Facebook and now TikTok, you know, I mean, they are used to content constantly changing and they're used to communication. So the next big horizon is that companies are going to have to figure out that job requisitions are not content. Content is your social responsibility platform. It is your DE&I platform. It is your brand. It is your community outreach, how you act as an employer in the communities in which you serve. Um, so that, that is the new content because that's what the new job seeker is looking for. At which point, once you have that content, it's called engagement. And in the engagement, as we talked about earlier, there is, you know, they go, uh, a job seeker would go from unaware of a company to aware of a company to consideration of a company to interest in a company to applicant to, in the recruitment process to hire. And companies treat every one of those, those groupings the same way. And they're not. At every point, the, the candidate, the job seeker, is looking for unique information to engage with to help them move through that funnel from unaware to hire. So I think the next horizon really is going to be in the content and engagement marketplace. And then the, the data that we talked about earlier, the data and data points of how often these candidates are engaging with you to get engagement scores is, is really the next horizon. Wonderful. And just finally for today, Doug, how can our listeners connect with you? So maybe you want to share your email address, LinkedIn details, perhaps. And also, of course, how can they learn more about all of the cool things happening over at Jovio? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's the easy question for today. Um, I mean, just uh, head to the web, jovio.com, J-O-V-E-O.com. Um, but as a subject matter expert in, in the talent acquisition marketplace, I'd love to get into conversations with people. So they can reach me at Doug at Jovio.com. On LinkedIn, it's Doug Shonrock, S-H-O-N-R-O-C-K. You know, um, connect with me, hit me with a message. You know, I love the discussions and I, I, I'm really passionate about the, the talent acquisition marketplace. Excellent. Well, that just leads me to say for today, Doug, thank you very much for being my guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thank you. I enjoyed it very much, Bill. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thanks for listening to this episode of the HR Chat Podcast. There are hundreds of conversations with business experts available for free on the HR Gazette website, Apple, Spotify, and all the main platforms. And remember to like, subscribe, and follow us on social media.